You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Network Overdrive Podcast. This is episode two. Network Overdrive Podcast is the podcast for consulting and professional services businesses who want to drive their productivity and profitability using technology. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Most businesses consider technology to be a cost to their business. However, according to my guest today, with the right systems and when everything is set up correctly, technology is not a cost, but an investment. And he's able to demonstrate how for every $1 invested in your IT, there's a direct link to revenue generation and cost reduction. How? Joining me on today's show is Greg Clarkson, CEO of Network Overdrive. And Network Overdrive is a managed IT service provider for consulting and professional services companies with more than 20 employees. Network Overdrive specializes in helping clients drive productivity and profitability using technology across five profit stacks. And on today's show, Greg's going to speak about common issues that keep businesses from becoming more productive and profitable, what the five profit stacks are, and why they're so important to any consulting and professional service businesses, and how you can find out which of the five profit stacks you need to work on to get your business more productive and more profitable with Network Overdrive's upcoming workshops. So welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks for having me. Many of the conversations that we've had, you really are specialising in the area of IT and helping businesses take Mm -hmm. that from a cost centre to a profit centre for them. And so many businesses struggle with the issues that you're going to be talking about today. But before we dive into that, just share with people a little bit about you and how you got into the business, because I believe you've been in technology and consulting for many years. Well, thanks for that. And that's right. I got involved in technology when the internet started. So this is way back in 1995, 94, uh, where getting on the internet involved getting a modem and getting a phone line, you would dial up for no more than half an hour, you download all your emails into a special system, you check it out, reply, and then you'd have that screeching noise of the modem to reconnect (laughs) and upload all your emails again. So Way back then, I don't know how many of our listeners can remember those days, but before that happened, the key business communication tool was the fax machine. Yes. Um, And then with the internet coming on board, people could start sending their messages out to each other without the fax, without all that paper, faxes Mm -hmm. getting jammed. From that point, they started to operate at many different hours of the day. Mm -hmm. They started realizing that they wanted to communicate when it was convenient for them, And we started working out what it meant for a business to run 24-7 and it never happened before. And so we were at the forefront of that change, both at a technology point of view, but also from a business point of view, what are the challenges and opportunities to run at a 24-7 pace? Amazing. So I'd imagine since 1994-95 up until now, there has been significant changes. Would you say things are a lot faster now and changing and then evolving in the area of IT than they were back then? Absolutely. I mean, every single stage has its own stresses. Back then, people didn't know what a computer is. Now people have computers in their own home. Business owners and their staff got certain expectations on what they can do, how they can communicate. Mm. So in some ways, that makes things easier. 
but then with it produces a whole lot of new challenges. Now it's all about the fact that other criminals basically realize that they can make money by holding your data to ransom. They're going out of their way to do that, yeah. which you know never really happened before. Or if it did happen before, they were targeting governments and really big companies. Mm -hmm. And now they're realizing that a company with 20 staff, 50 staff, they can hold them to ransom for like $30,000. And the owner of that business is willing to pay $30,000 to get their data back wow. if it's not secured. So that's a a massive change in the marketplace. Yeah, now everybody has a computer in their home. So it's just a natural that, you know, we have technology in our businesses and even in our personal lives. And with all of the, the different pieces of technology and software, hardware means that the correct choice for our business as to what technology suits us best, what systems are suiting us best, can be such a different answer or solution for the individual company, depending on who they are, the growth of their business, where they're at, the industry, all that kind of thing. So it's great to be able to have you share your expertise in this area. So if we look at today, the common issues that you see many businesses are stopping themselves from becoming more productive. And as we know, when a business is not productive, when they're not flowing um, and doing all of the right activities and having the right software and, and technology to support them, that can stop profit, that can you know stop growth. What are some of the common mm -hmm. things you see happening? Our understanding or our experience that we've been talking over so many years is that most business owners in nowadays intuitively know that they need technology to be successful. Like we said, maybe 10 years ago, some businesses were not convinced that they needed technology. Now businesses have some intuitive idea that if they don't get their tech right, they're not going to compete in the marketplace. So the challenge now is they don't know though how to actually do it. When they look at their financials, they put in technology as a cost center. Mm. It's just like paying the rent. They know that they need it. It's a necessary evil. They just do it begrudgingly, but they don't know how to use it in a way that can set themselves apart. The key requirements of running a business hasn't changed from before technology took us over. You want to get more customers. You want to keep the customers that you've got and you want to cut cost. And with that framework, your profits will grow. But nowadays, the way you do that is through technology. And again, people have got this very vague understanding of that. But what we've done is by listening to our customers that we're looking after, listening to their challenges, we've been able to see that there's actually each one of these challenges that we're listening to, like, for example, how do we secure customers and how do we keep them? Inevitably, there's a piece of technology that they use currently that is helping them do that and it may be doing it well or it may not be doing well but we're able to identify that piece of technology we give it a rating so they can assess how well it's serving its function mm -hmm. and we can look at other alternatives and so we can go from customers to on the back side you might want to talk about finances and how you can have better understanding of the financials of your business. And again, mm -hmm. you would see technology there. So we've been able to say to our customers, let's break your business down into five areas. Let's look at all the different technologies in, in each of these five areas. And if we build these right, they actually become like a funnel or a stack that will drive profitability in your business. Mm. And that's the trick. It comes from an intuitive guesswork that I think technology will help. Uh, but you're just spending money on IT in a very random way 
just on gut feeling or whoever complains the most mm -hmm. or just what the latest idea is that appeals to you rather than from a systematic point of view um, and where you can look at these five areas of your business you can see which areas of your business are doing well like a business might have a great sales system but they don't have a very good people system mm -hmm. or they don't have a very good financial system and so then that will guide you in your investment on where you need to focus your time and your money um, and then obviously when you are going to put your money down on the table you want to be able to say that if I put ten thousand dollars on this initiative I'm going to expect more than ten thousand dollars back it needs to be thirty it needs to be fifty thousand dollars so how do I know that's going to happen for me so you've kind of hinted to some of the key areas but let's talk about what are each of the five profit stacks and then we can look at okay some of the common things that you see happening in the each of those so what are the five profit stacks firstly there's many ways to uh, look at your business um, there's many other people out there that um, have got their own models of your business. Mm -hmm. uh, but we found that with the five stacks, you can actually put this all on one piece of paper mm -hmm. and you will be able to see this as a strategic guide of where you are now and where you'd like to go. So the five profit stacks is coming from challenges that we hear. So we hear businesses talk about their challenge like, I want to do more sales. Mm -hmm. And from that challenge becomes an opportunity. Um, and to say, okay, let's build a sales stack to address that challenge. So these are like the responses to many complaints. So the first one I've mentioned a few times is the sales stack. And then the next one is a people stack, which relates to all the things about building great people in your business and keeping them on focus, on task and delivering value to your customers. There's a production stack, which is where you actually do the stuff that you do, like in terms of it could be a product that you create, it could be a service that you deliver. And there's a whole lot of steps that you would go in your own business to produce that product or service that you would then sell to your customer. Mm -hmm. And then there's a finance stack, which is about understanding the financials of your business, profitability, forecasting, and, and so on. And then we put another stack, which we call the structural stack and that is dealing with stuff that are very important to your business but often are forgotten about because the urgent stuff gets in the road and in that structural stack we put in there things like risk mitigation activities innovation activities mm -hmm. and competitive analysis activities and we think that if you get these five stacks down you look at all the things that you do in your business and you group them into these five stacks. Then you group all the technology that you use in each one of those stacks. You start to get a very good picture of how IT supports your business. And then you can very clearly link the IT to how to drive your business forward. Those stacks just make absolute sense as you're explaining them. And I can imagine that when you start to look and drill down into your business and really start to look at what's going on in each of those key areas, that you can find the gaps. And often we look at a problem um, overall, don't we? And we try and, and, and fix it from a, too many different angles. Are those stacks dependent on another, on one another? In other words, you work first on yourself, then on your people, then on your production. Tell us a little bit about how you came up with the first being sales, the second people and so on. Is there a method to that too? 
not necessarily. I mean, we lead with sales because that's often the forefront of every business owner. Mm. But um, there's there's definitely businesses that don't lead with sales. They might lead with another aspect of their business. Yes. So once you put it all down on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard and you work through your technology, we then rate them. And then from the rating, you will see the health of your sales stack or any of the profit stacks. And then that will guide the conversation of which one needs the attention next. Obviously, like I said, a business owner might be focused really big on sales uh, and that might be the right thing to do. But they might be missing out on really important things that they need to do right now in the people area of their business. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what they will do. So for every business, we don't tell them which one they need to deal with first. But by seeing it, they are able to make that determination for themselves. And the two ways that people will go, we say, is you can either do it across all of them. And mm -hmm. this philosophy relates to you're only as good as your weakest link. You know, you might have super strong sales and you might have super strong financials. But if your production stack is not up to scratch, you're never going to make money. So you then have to give the right attention to all five stacks. For other businesses in their particular moment in time, they might say, look, I know that my people stack is not up to scratch or I know that my financials are not up to scratch, but if I just have a fantastic sales stack working for me, I can pull the rest of the business along with that. And you go, okay, that's fine. So let's get sales stack, not just going from bad to good, but from good to great. Once yes. it's in the great phase, we can pull everything else along. So the businesses will make that decision on whether they need to do a, a chip away approach a little bit on every single one, mm -hmm. or they just need to get one stack going great. Um, and then we can help them with that. Terrific. And I know at the end of the show, we're going to spend a little bit of time because you actually um, are running some workshops and inviting uh, businesses to, to have a talk to come to those uh, workshops. And then you can actually work through the various questions across each of those stacks to help pinpoint where they're really needing to spend some time on their business. So we'll share that uh, in a short moment. Greg, tell us a little bit about some of the technologies that you see on online at the moment. Why ask that question is because we know that um, we've had a conversation with your business partner Mario Vecchio and one of the things that he was saying in, in, and this is what he had uh, experience in his business when he ran his consulting and professional services business was that sometimes there are solutions there that try to be all things to all businesses i.e. across all of those different profit stacks that's not often the best case scenario is it for businesses? No, not at all. And uh, that's another one of the advantages of breaking down your business into these five profit stacks and then breaking down each profit stack into certain functions that you can then rate and assess on how well each one of those functions is doing. Mm. Because there's uh, technology is the big opportunity for you to make more money and also technology is the big challenge where you can lose a lot of money you can put money onto technology, assuming that if you just invest in tech, you're going to be fine and you've just wasted a whole lot of money. And so people think, oh, I've got this problem. If I just go out and buy this tool, then all my problems will go away. And that's not the case. So in the past, there were big, like, for example, ERP systems that promised to do everything for a business. Mm. You just buy the one piece of software and it will address your sales, it will address your people, it will address your production and finances and so on. 
normally those products do everything a little bit okay, but yeah. nothing good. Or it might do one area really good. Like it might be really good at sales, but terrible at finances. But it's asking you to use that tool for everything in your business. Mm -hmm. Well, these days, that's no longer the only option. For some businesses, that's fine. But for others, the advent of the next version of the internet and the what's called software as a service trend, there are fantastic best of breed tools out there that just does one little part of your business exceptionally well. And even if you do choose a single piece of software that you think does everything in your business, when you look at the profit stack, you will realize that actually the reality is you're only ever going to use that in two or three parts of your business. Mm. So there's other parts of your business that will require attention, even if you have one piece of software that tends to drive you know, say 50% of your business. So the issue is, is how do you get all these bits of applications working together in a really good system? How do you know as a business owner what's going on in your business? And then know what else is coming down the market that's the latest and the greatest that will really make a difference and how you can easily swap them in and retire a piece of software that might have been good for you for the last three years of your operations, but is no longer appropriate. The reality of these new technologies that just does, you know, the CRM part really well, but doesn't do finances or does finances really well, but doesn't actually within finance, it doesn't do payroll very well. So you inevitably, you might do one thing that generates the invoices and you get another tool that does your payroll and another tool that does your leave and expense claims. How do you make all that fit together? And that's just within the finance stack. So typically you can have one really big piece of software that you think runs your business and then you probably have another 10 applications mm -hmm. or maybe even 50 applications that you'll be surprised what your staff are actually using to get the job done for them. Yes and I think with the software that's being created today and you're talking about the best of breed I think a lot of those businesses now who are developing software that specialize in certain key areas and really focus on doing one thing really well they're being built aren't they to integrate seamlessly with other solutions with other pieces of software because they recognize that this is really the best the best way to go. That's right. Again, it's okay if it's not the best way to go. There are certain situations, but for most businesses, that is the best way. So what you don't want to do is get locked in. You don't want to commit to a really big piece of software that uh, the return on investment is 10 years. And, and then all of a sudden you find that in two years time, something else would have served you even better. So that's the challenge with all these tools is that you can get locked in and you want to be agile and flexible and you can no longer do that. Uh, and this is a challenge as you grow a business. So people started thinking about ERP systems once they get to about maybe 20 staff, but yes. definitely when they get to around 50 staff in terms of staff numbers or, you know, when they get to around, you know, the $12 million turnover per year. So before that, you might have cobbled together a whole bunch of applications. You know that those applications may not work for you anymore as you grow your business, but it's not necessarily true that therefore you need to then move into an ERP system as traditionally known as ERP. Mm. You just might need to get more enterprise level best of breed point solutions for each one of those areas. But the profit stack is a great way to understand all that because the sales and marketing literature that's coming at business owners 
from these really big software vendors. Um, it's so enticing. It promises to take all your pain away, but the reality is that it's often not the case. Yes, and I'm sure you've got a lot of case studies I've heard of businesses who invested in large, you know, as you would call ERP systems, and it's been nothing but headaches. And they've had to have consultants, and I won't name the, you know, the software that I'm thinking about, but they've had to have consultants come out and who are almost full-time there fixing errors and the staff itself in the in the organization this doesn't just impact cost it impacts staff morale it impacts their yeah. productivity and it's a vicious circle isn't it yeah absolutely so you want to go into it as with your eyes uh, wide open it may still be worth it for a certain business but you just need to know that when they're selling that system to you at fifty thousand dollars that's just the start of the cost um, mm. it's going to come in more likely at, at 10 times, that's more likely going to be half a million dollars. If they're quoting 50,000, the total life of the project, more likely half a mil. You know, if they're coming in at a million, um, it's probably going to be 10 million is wow. um, at the end of the day once you've finished off with these things. But you might be able to get a return on investment on that. You go, even if it does cost 10 mil, mm -hmm. it'll change our business. So yeah. the profit stacks just keeps giving you that touchstone to just review again, okay, if it's really gonna cost me 10 million, it better cover all five stacks really well. If it's gonna cost me 10 mil and it's only gonna do two of my stacks and I still gotta have all these other parts of my business that I'm not gonna be addressing because I've got this big thing to implement, so all this other stuff goes on hold, then that's a problem. And it's better to deal with that in your planning before finding yourself signing off on a project and not realising how much effort it's going to take to actually implement. Absolutely. Now, we've spoken a, a, at length about the five profit stacks, and we also promised to share with people how they can find out more, how they can uh, get access to your upcoming workshops. Can you share a little bit more about these workshops, please, Greg? Uh, well, these workshops are fantastic, and we've had really great positive responses from everyone who's participated because it's one thing to get an idea in your head, but the devil's in the detail. What this idea of the profit stacks is, is a way to actually go into the detail and make sure that the systems are relevant to your own business. So you need to spend the time to do it. If you did it by yourself, you could be wasting lots of time. It might take you 10 hours. Mm. It might take you one week for you to figure it out for yourself and you never get around to it. With a trained person who knows about this methodology, with all the key parts of your business in the meeting room at the same time, you can get that initial snapshot of your business within two hours and bang, you've got your strategic plan of how IT relates to your business. Everybody in the room is suddenly aware of what are the drivers in your business and you can identify what you need to focus on. It's an amazingly catalyzing process and clarifying process for everybody, the key decision makers in, in a person's business. Then we go away, we find out where the gaps are. If there are gaps, maybe it's all running fantastic and there's no attention needed and can then suggest ways to address those problems. And it has real momentum that you know that those suggestions are not just a nice idea or just following the crowd because everyone else. These suggestions are about making a difference in your business. Um, and so it works really well and we love running these workshops for businesses. Sure. And how can people find out more? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you, Greg? If they go to our website, which is networkoverdrive.com, on the front page, they'll see a very simple offer, which is give us two hours of your time 
and we'll show you how to change your IT from a cost center to a profit center. Register your inquiry, we'll make contact, figure out a best time to come and do that workshop. If you're in Melbourne right now, that'll be a face-to-face -face workshop that can happen fairly easily. In other parts of the state, we just have to coordinate when the event's going to be running in those capital cities. Fantastic. So what would you say to someone who's listened to this interview with you and can see that there's some real benefits of getting in touch with you, obviously going through and spending some time and going through the workshops, yet is still kind of sitting on the fence? What, what would be one last insight or encouraging word that you would say to them, Greg? Well, you've got nothing to lose. It's going to be really excellent advice. It's going to take only two hours of your time and your other key decision makers, and you'll get out of that two hours something highly relevant to your business that you can then either use or not use. You don't need to wait for any further reports. But my experience is is that you'll be surprised and amazed on how relevant it is mm. and how beneficial it is fantastic and i know as business owners often we are so close to the business we don't see the things that are quite evident and when we when we're working through these five profit stacks as you say with an expert someone who's very familiar with those key things the right questions to ask you can pinpoint that and it's one of those things isn't it we don't know what we don't know and uh, certainly closer observation for those kind of things can certainly be beneficial especially knowing which way to move forward so thanks so much mm. for coming on the show, Greg. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I do encourage you to reach out to Greg and find out more about their upcoming workshops so you can go through each of the five profit stacks to see how your business measures up against each of the key functions and how you can turn your IT from a cost center into a profit center. Just go to www.networkoverdrive.com.au. That's networkoverdrive.com.au.